0: Hello everybody, this is Dr. Martin Kolb. I am Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal and I welcome you to this podcast. Today I am joined by Professor Jürgen Vespo, who is a Professor of Respiratory Medicine at the University of Manchester in the United Kingdom, and he is also Chair of the Advocacy Council of the European Respiratory Society. Jürgen is the senior and lead author of an editorial that we published in the ERJ this month and which will be the topic of today's podcast. It's called The European Respiratory Society and Tobacco Harm Reduction. Hello, Jürgen. Hello, Martin. So, Jürgen, uh, with this paper, you uh, touch an important question about harm reduction of cigarette smoking and vaping. So, why focus on harm reduction?
1: I think it's because the... We are experiencing a new epidemic of what people inhale. I think we all know about the smoking epidemic, but I think we're now seeing an epidemic of people inhaling different things that might be, if not as harmful, then probably close. And I think the problem, and I'm of course talking about uh, e-cigarettes, I'm talking about heat, not burn all these alternative nicotine delivery products. And what we are seeing now is that they are being launched also as a way of reducing the harm from cigarette smoking. So we see that companies producing e-cigarettes come out and say that they will help solve the tobacco epidemic by reducing harm. And luckily in the ERS, we have a very active tobacco control committee led by Charlotte Piesinger, and they look down... At some of the points brought forward for harm reduction using all the in nicotine delivery and in our editorial we write why many of the points raised are not correct and we conclude that alternative nicotine delivery products including e-cigarettes are not part of the solution harm reduction using these devices is not the way forward in the opinion of the Tobacco Control Committee and this report has been ratified by the Advocacy Council the Science Council and the Education Council of the RS.
0: So let me just go to the science first. Uh, Protagonists of e-cigarettes would argue that this is a good way for long-term smokers to just get rid of smoking. What's the evidence for this being true?
1: It's actually fairly weak. Um, I think what we do have is one or two good control trials showing that with e-cigarettes compared to, for instance, other ways of giving nicotine replacement therapy, you can achieve uh, higher smoking cessation rates. I think the most uh, sort of impressive and most discussed paper was in the New England Journal of Medicine a year ago. And what you could see was that you would double the quit rate. That might sound good, but what we want with smoking cessation is for people to get rid of their nicotine addiction. And in the study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, 80% of those who had quit smoking were still vaping. And among those who could not quit smoking, they, in addition, 40% of them were vaping. So there were not a reduction in the number of people who were still addicted to nicotine. And therefore, it gives this sort of feeling that you're doing something good, while actually you're not breaking the addiction, which is the power that will make smokers remain smokers in the long term. Because you may achieve something in the short term, but what we see in clinical practice is that a number of people start vaping, they stop smoking. And three, six, 12 months later, they have a mixed consumption of both e-cigarettes and real cigarettes.
0: Yeah. So, as you know, I practice in Canada and uh, smoking amongst young people, teenagers, adolescents. Uh, not smoking, but vaping is actually uh, seen as, a, as an epidemic here. I think it's not as bad in Europe, but what are the trends of picking up that habit in Europe?
1: Well, we are seeing the same thing, but delayed and probably and luckily to a lesser extent. Um, But we are seeing a, a rapid uptake of vaping among young people as well. So I think we're just lacking a few years behind North America.
0: In a way, this editorial could be seen as a political statement of the society. Do you have any comments about that? I mean, you're chair of the advocacy council, so is this an official position of the society?
1: It is. And I think sometimes it can be a bit difficult to split. How do you bring science forward without being accused of being political? So there's no sort of political from a party political point of view. And it's not as if the Tobacco Control Committee is against all industry, for instance. But we are definitely against the tobacco industry. And the tobacco industry plays a huge role in vaping. We should not be in any way sort of made to believe that there are now vaping companies who are competing with the tobacco industry to get them out of the market. It's the same players. They've just realized that there may be a much bigger market if they can add vaping to cigarette smoking. That's where the probably by some seen as political where that comes in.
0: Yeah. And as a physician and uh a person who cares for people with respiratory disorders, what would you tell young people when they ask you about e-cigarettes? Why, would you, what would you use as an argument to not pick it up and start vaping?
1: I think it's important that we all sort of bring the fact forward that lungs were made to breathe clean air. And the whole idea that you can breathe in concentrated vaporized chemicals and not get harm in your lungs is just completely strange and without any sense. I think we should be careful when we are attacked and told, but you don't know the long-term risk. You don't really know that it's dangerous. We do know it's dangerous. We probably still have problems telling people exactly how dangerous it is. I cannot put numbers on. I can with smoking. We've had that for 50 years. But that should not in any way make us less adamant in making sure that people understand that there is harm associated with vaping.
0: And Everyone reads news and listens to the news. Uh, The the news certainly don't look at long-term effects. There's a lot of acute lung injury uh, cases that are reported. Can you comment on that? Yes, I think
1: that's what grabs the headlines. I mean, it is terrible to see young people die from acute vaping-induced illness, but I think to me it's even worse that we see all these people walking around vaping, and we now have a lot of studies looking at cellular effects In the lungs in the airways in the endothelium in the cardiovascular system and we see some of the same changes as with smoking so for instance we see the same release from neutrophils in bowel fluid of make six metalloproteinases uh, as we do with smoking and actually the levels are not that different we see the same activation of macrophage as we do with tobacco smoking so all these effects that we don't see immediately in acute illness will undoubtedly lead to chronic disease. Whether it's the same extent of COBD, for instance, as for cigarettes, probably not, but perhaps not far off.
0: Okay. Well, I think this brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, I am grateful for Professor Verspo to join me. The discussion will certainly go on, and the European Respiratory Society made a very clear statement with this editorial that was uh, endorsed by the society and developed by the ERS Tobacco Control Committee. The ERJ, as the flagship journal of the society, is committed to publish the best science. And as we have just heard from Professor Vespo, the science about the benefit of e-cigarettes in smoke cessation is rather thin. But there's increasing evidence that it is harmful short-term in regard to acute long injury and long-term for damages that we really don't uh, oversee yet. Uh, thank you for joining us today. This is Dr. Martin Kolb, Chief Editor of the ERJ. Goodbye.